The Holy Gospel according to Mark. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And when I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent is the beginning of the liturgical or the church year, which is a way that many churches order their time together so that we engage with and live out the whole gospel message each year. So happy new year. Last year we followed the gospel of Matthew, and this year the gospel of Mark will be our guide. Or, depending on what part of New England you're from, you might know it as the Gospel of Mock. Okay, that's the last time I'll attempt to do that accent. Now, even though it's the beginning of a new church year and the beginning of the season of Advent, we don't start at the beginning of Mark's Gospel. Instead, we start towards the end, with Jesus telling the disciples about the time when he will come again. This passage of scripture is filled with many dramatic images, stars falling from the sky, earthquakes and darkness, when things look like they can't get any worse. This will be the time when Jesus returns. It might be surprising to hear, but these words were a great comfort to a people who were oppressed by a foreign power, a people who saw destruction and war and had family lost or scattered, to know that all of this wasn't a sign of God's abandonment, but a sign that God was near, 
close at hand and ready to break into history and save God's people. As I read our gospel lesson for this morning, the words that stood out to me the most were the words, keep awake. Because I like to sleep. I'm an eight hours a night type of person, and staying awake is really difficult. I think about the times in my own life that I've had to stay awake, when circumstances kept me up for an entire night. It happened once while camping. It was my first time camping, and I didn't bring enough warm clothes. I was so cold that I couldn't fall asleep. I stayed awake through the night, being on call as a resident assistant, when a particularly rough night had me responding to one crisis after another. I stayed awake as a grad student more than once to finish a paper, my spelling and grammar getting progressively worse as exhaustion kicked in. But the most awake, most alert that I've ever been is when we first brought Madeline home from the hospital after she was born. I didn't just stay awake through one night. There were many restless nights for weeks on end. Do you know that babies are actually nocturnal in the womb, and one of their first tasks as a newborn is to reverse their sleep cycle? Someone should warn you about these things. When Burton and I were brand new parents, we both hoped that our baby would sleep for hours at a time. And at the same time, we would get worried when things were too quiet for too long. Was she breathing? Was she safe? I remember reading some book that said that if your newborn sleeps for more than four hours, you need to wake her up to feed her. So that first night at home, I set an alarm just in case. What a new parent move, really. The parents at home are laughing, because little did I know there would be no need for that alarm. Four-hour stretches of sleep were still a month away. I remember, though, as tired as I was, I was unable to fall asleep. Even after Madeline was comforted and I was back in bed, I just sat waiting to hear that next cry, knowing that at any moment I would need to spring into action to comfort and feed or change our new baby. Those first restless weeks with Madeline, I had a job to do. It was hard to sleep, but it was easy to stay alert. I was needed. This helpless baby could need me at any moment. Luckily, Madeline sleeps beautifully now, and those early days seem like an eternity ago. But staying awake and alert for too many days on end doesn't work. Our bodies need sleep to function. Eventually, we all have to rest. So how do we keep awake waiting for Jesus? How do we stay alert when we're not being asked to stay awake for a single night or a week, or even a month? How do we stay awake until Jesus returns? We know that the season of Advent involves waiting for Christmas. But waiting for Christmas is different than waiting for Christ. 
We know when Christmas is coming. We have it circled on our calendars. We count down to it with candles on wreaths and candy and calendars. And any other year, our schedules would be packed with parties and activities that let us know every day Christmas is just around the corner. Waiting for Christ is different. We don't know the day or the hour when Christ will return. It could be any moment. We live in a strange time. And no, this time I don't mean we live in 2020. I mean, as Christians, we live in a strange time, sometimes called the already, but the not yet. Jesus has already come. He was born, lived, died, rose again. He has reconciled the relationship between God and people. And yet, we wait. We wait for a time when Jesus returns, when heaven will come to earth, when all of creation will sing praises to God. But how do we keep awake? Like parents of a newborn, we keep awake knowing that we have a job to do, that God could need us at any moment. And while not literally staying awake each night, we keep alert to the needs around us. We do not simply wait for heaven to arrive, but we try to live in a way that helps us experience heaven here on earth, that allows God's kingdom to break into our world, especially into those hurting and lonely places. So while we're waiting, we ask God to work through us. We feed the hungry, clothe those in need, provide shelter and comfort whenever we can, however we can. We do this with meal ministries and clothing drives and homeless kits. And by working together as God's people, and by trying to embody God's love in our daily lives. Not perfectly, but the best we can. We wouldn't be able to do this on our own. But the good news is that we've been equipped for this wait. As the Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth, you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end. So while we wait for Jesus, we take comfort knowing that just like God's people in times past, sometimes when things look bad, when it feels like we can't take any more, it is not a sign that God is absent but a sign that God is about to do something wonderful. We need this message now more than most years. So while we wait for Jesus, we look for Jesus where we know he is, in the community of God's people gathered, in bread and wine that sustains us, in our neighbor who needs us in the loving faces of one another, and alive always in our hearts. Blessings to you this Advent as we wait for Christmas and we wait for Christ's return. 
May we stay alert and awake to a Jesus who is already here among us. Amen.